All right. Well, it looks like we are right at six o'clock. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, my name is Lori Muse. I am a certified Optavia coach and so excited to be here with you tonight, along with Misty Lopez, who is a co-host with me tonight. Um, tonight, we are going to cover how to make health a family affair. And so we are really excited to share some ideas and some tips with you. All right, first we're gonna quickly go over just the four components of our system. Most of you are familiar with these, but we just wanna to touch base and remind you about these four separate components of our system. First is of course the coach, one-on-one -on -one support of your own health coach. Everyone gets one. They're gonna guide you through the program and assist you with changing your lifestyle. Second is our transformational system. It's the life book and the habits of health. This is our educational component. It's designed to help you strategize your plan for reaching optimal health and well-being, because it's not just about weight loss, it's also about our mindset, right? Um, the third is our community of like-minded people that are looking to create better health. And that is you guys tonight. You're on this call for a reason, right? This community is crazy powerful. And when you um, jump onto these calls, it really helps you with your own journey and it helps other people being be inspired by you as well. In this community, you're gonna find support, share successes, and get any questions answered that you might have. All right, and then lastly is our amazing fuelings that will help you reach and maintain your healthy weight through, uh, through the delicious portion controlled and protein carb balance fuelings. And I use these, I've used them the last seven years and I continue to use them in maintenance. I absolutely love them. So those are the four components that make our system amazing, you guys. All right, so as I mentioned before, we want to give you some tips for how to incorporate these habits into your family. So one of the most common things that I hear when I'm talking to clients or friends or even family is that they wanna be a good example to their kids. They wanna be a good example for their family and their eating habits and teach their kids to eat healthy and maybe break some cycles of obesity or unhealthy um, habits that have happened in their family in the past. Another common statement I hear from people when I'm talking to them about health is, I don't want to have to make two different dinners or three or four different dinners. My kids are picky. My husband is a meat and potatoes kind of guy, and I can't just serve him salads every night. That just isn't going to work. So what we're hoping to share with you tonight is that it doesn't have to be complicated to start creating healthier habits for your family. So we're excited to share some tips with you that hopefully can help you get started to improve some habits that maybe you've even started, or maybe this is a brand new journey for you, and hopefully this will be really helpful. So I want to start with some statistics um, that will really drive home how important these family meals are for our whole family. So um, studies are showing now that less than 30% of families sit down together for meals. We're just so busy. I know my kids are in and out, especially as they get older. There's so many different activities that they're involved in, and and it can be a little bit more difficult to sit down together as a family. But when you look at some of these benefits here, you may find that it's really well worth it to slow down a little bit and, and make family meals a priority. So what they found in these studies is that kids who grow up in homes that families eat together have better academic performance, higher self-esteem, lower risk of depression, greater sense of resilience, and lower rates of obesity and eating disorders. Now, where we are in a country where over 250 million Americans are obese or overweight, these are some pretty incredible statistics that we have a lot of control over. 
Um, and you know what I love about this study is that they found we don't have to be perfect at this. This does not have to be an every single night thing. These benefits start to show up in as little as two to three meals that are eaten together every week. So really every single bit helps. Um, and what I found to be absolutely true for my family is that my choices, whether they're good or bad, as a mom, they really trickle down to the other members in my home. We really truly lead by example. And the things that we're teaching our family, we reinforce within ourselves as well. And that could be a family with eight kids. It could be a family of two. It could be empty nesters, but really truly we influence those that we're around. Maybe even it's just a meal out with coworkers or clients. Um, so let me go to the next slide here. So I wanted to give you a couple of ways to really incorporate how to make this a family affair. Um, and these are a couple of things that I found to be helpful in my family and throw in the chat some ideas that have worked well for you. I, I don't think we can ever have enough tools in our tool belt when it comes to teaching our kids or our spouses or family members some healthier habits. So um, try some of these out and see how they work for you in your home. Um, the first one is involve your kids in menu planning and preparing. So this bottom picture, my kids are pretty expressive here, but it's my daughter and my niece. And um, my mom got all of the grandkids together and decided she was going to give them some cooking lessons. And it was amazing to me to stand back and watch that when my kids were involved in the preparing and planning of that meal, they were eating things that if I had prepared and put in front of them, they would never have touched because there was a lot of pride in having been part of that planning and preparing. So that's a really good one. Um, another one is to introduce new, new foods alongside some familiar options. So if say like, for example, if I wanted to introduce Brussels sprouts to my kids, I would actually also have something that they already like and eat like broccoli. My kids are good broccoli eaters. So they're more willing to try the Brussels sprouts if they know they're not gonna starve to death, they can have a couple bites and they can still eat the broccoli and feel like they had something that they like as well. So that's a really good way to introduce some new foods. Um, and then another one that's been really fun is doing a taste test afternoon for after school snacks. So maybe it's getting 10 different kinds of apples. Like if you go to the grocery store, there's a new apple there every time I go. But having all of these different apples and then a bunch of different protein dips that we made with blended up cottage cheese or Greek yogurt and added some different flavorings, um, it has helped the kids try some new things and they get to vote and do it with their cousins or with the neighbors. We invite them over and that makes it really fun. Um, another thing that we do in our home is what we call feast or fail. And we actually do it with our neighbor across the street. So my kids know every Monday night, we're gonna try a new recipe and they get to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down with the neighbors. And that decides whether it goes into our, our rotation or not. And it's kind of fun for them. We even do a video about it. It's fun for them to be really expressive sometimes about their opinions. So that's kind of a fun one. Um, and then as far as snacks go, what I found is just having some really simple grab and go meals available in the cupboard and in the fridge makes it much easier for my kids to grab things that are healthy versus grabbing a handful of chips or um, maybe fruit snacks or things like that. So having things like string cheese, pre-cut and portioned veggies in the fridge that they can just grab the bag and go, yogurt, protein bars, jerky, things like that makes it really simple. And just really keep it simple. This doesn't have to be a big complicated affair. You don't have to have these elaborate recipes at dinner. 
just start trying a couple new things and keep it simple. And it, it allows your kids to try out some new things. Okay, next is talking about healthy motion. So there's so many different components with Optivia that I love. We get to talk about hydration and fueling and motion and sleep. And we're going to cover some of these tonight that are going to be a little bit easier to incorporate with your family. So healthy motion is a big one. I grew up feeling like exercise was a swear word. Like you guys, the day that we were supposed to run the mile at school, I was coming up with all kinds of random illnesses because I did not want to go and do that exercise. It just... I would rather die. <laughs> and I took some of those attitudes into my adult years. And it, to me, exercise kind of was a, a punishment for being overweight. It was something that I had to do to fix a problem. And what I've come to learn over the years as I've been with Optivia um, is that it can be a celebration of a body that I've been blessed with. And as I've learned these healthy habits um, and started to share them with my family exercise, I realized what was missing growing up was the fun component to it. And so I wanted to give you some ideas for how to make exercise fun, how to get your kids involved so that they don't, they don't come up with fake illnesses to miss the mile at school too. So again, throw your tips in the chat. Um, I would love to read through later and get some ideas as well for me, but um, I have a couple sisters who live close by and among the three of us, there are 15 kids and they really have grown up more like siblings than cousins. And so we sat them down. My sisters are really fit. They exercise a lot and we wanted to get our kids moving more, not sitting in front of the TV so often. So we sat them down and we just said, Hey, we want to be more active. You guys, what are some things we could do? And these are a couple things that we came up with. Um, this picture on the bottom left is what we called CrossFit cousins. So we would get together once a week and meet at a park and we would have a CrossFit workout that the kids would do together. And it just became this competition. They would see who could run faster, who could do more push-ups, And it really turned into being more play than it was exercise, which made it really fun. Um, another thing that I found to be helpful is to allow my kids to create the workout. So this bottom um, second from the left picture is my nephew. He loves to write workouts and he'll do them if he writes them, even though the workouts he comes up with are really, they're pretty hard sometimes, but because they were his idea, he's willing to be involved. So getting kids involved in what the exercise is, is a really great way to do that. Um, for my kids, it's all about music. If they have control of the playlist or they have the aux cord, they're, they're all about it. So maybe it's having a dance party in the kitchen while you're fixing dinner. Um, maybe it's turning on music while you're on a hike. I have one kid who hates hiking, but if she gets to choose the music while we're hiking, she'll suffer through, she'll go. So it's, it's really taking turns to plan the activities and, um, the kids having a say and what that healthy motion looks like makes a big difference. So one more idea I wanted to give you guys is just do it together. Um, this was a fun activity that we did. My kids um, here in Utah, they have what's called the color festival and you can go and get all this colored chalk and you throw it and everyone just comes covered head to toe in chalk. And my kids really wanted to do that. And so we thought, okay, this is how we could involve some movement. So we invited some neighbors and some friends and we said, okay, guys, we'll do this, but we're going to have a family fun run first. So everybody got their white shirts on. We did the family fun run and we ended it with this color chalk activity. 
So combining exercise and fun just really truly makes it an easy habit to create and sustain because you're doing it together and it's a fun activity. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Misty, who has some really great ideas for sleep as well. Awesome. Thanks, Lori. Those are some fantastic ideas and some things that I want to try. And I love your feast or fail those dinners. I got some great ideas from those. So awesome. I've been, you know, watching you for a couple of years now. So it's been fun. Okay. Next is our healthy sleep. You guys sleep is crazy, crazy important, more important than I realized before I started the program. I really didn't spend much time even thinking really about sleep or how important it was. I would love for you guys to put in the chat what you think is the biggest cause of poor sleep. What would be your guess as to why people are struggling with sleep? Okay. And while you're putting that in there, Dr. Anderson in element 16. So element 16 in the life book is all about sleep. It's got some great, great information in there. Um, but sleep helps our immune system, our hormonal balance, um, emotional, mental health, learning and memory, and even clears toxins from our brain. Right. And so we know that sleep is so, so important. And I'm seeing a lot of you guys say the same thing, anxiety, stress, kids, right. So much going on. All of those things are affecting our poor sleep. Um, so I want you to take a second and think about for you, if you are a lark or an owl, um, it's really important to take the time to think about your sleep and the things that affect your sleep. So first is, are you a lark or an owl? So a lark is somebody who gets up early, does not have a hard time getting up in the morning, does most of their great work first thing in the morning, enjoys being up with before the sun, maybe, or really early in the morning. And then there's the owl, people who like to stay up late and you know get a lot of their work done late at night. And maybe they stay up past midnight and then they like to sleep in. Okay. So it's interesting because in our house, we are split with my kids. We have both larks and owls. So I love um, that we had an opportunity to look at this and I'm seeing some of you guys, you already know what you are. So that's fantastic. Okay. So with that and knowing that we're going to talk about the twilight hour. So the twilight hour is one hour before your head needs to be on your pillow. Okay. So with the twilight hour, that one hour before bed, it's really important that you actually schedule this time. And at first I remember thinking, oh, it's just that hour. It's not a big deal, but I'm telling you, once you really spend the time and focus on that hour before you go to bed, your sleep will change. Your life will change. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And I'm sure you've you know, said to your kids, if you have kids, or you've noticed that if you don't get great sleep, you're kind of grumpy. It really affects the whole day. Um, it affects how, you know, how well you show up at work, all of the things. So in that twilight hour, the one hour before bed, I want you to start with when you need to wake up. So for me, and that means the first interaction with a human being, not just when you're just, you know, barely hitting the alarm clock or turning off your alarm clock, but when you have to interact with someone else, another human being in the world. So for me, that's 6am. That's when my oldest is up and Adam and she's heading off to high school. Okay. So I need to be up and going by 6am, my first interaction. So count back from that time to determine when it is to get your eight hours to determine when that is that you need to be um, head on the pillow ready for bed. So if I count back, that puts it at 10 p.m. I need to be in my bed ready to go to sleep at 10 p.m. So that hour before that, that nine to 10 p.m. is my twilight hour. And everybody's, you know, hours are probably going to be different, but calculate that for you. And during that time, you need to be, you know, really paying attention to the things that you're doing. Dr. A suggests having a quiet room that's nice and cool. And that's so that your body temperature can drop down, right? And so that you can get good sleep. 
No electronics. That's a big one. And I saw some of you put in the chat. That's another reason why we have poor sleep, right? No electronics in your bedroom, including the television, um, reading or studying, saying prayers, you know, anything to kind of mellow yourself out. And then going back to the biggest reason why we have poor sleep, stress and anxiety is number one, right? Well, those two together create the biggest reason. And for that, Dr. Anderson suggests that you do some real great meditation. And this can happen throughout the day to calm you down throughout the day also, but especially right before you go to bed. He suggests five to 10 minutes of just taking deep breaths, breathing in through your nose, holding it, box breathing, letting it go, right? And how quickly you'll find that your body really starts to calm down and that it will set you up for the rest of the, you know, your twilight hour before you go to bed. And then one of the great um, advice that I've received over the years, and I knew, and I knew this was important, but I've used it in the last, you know, seven years since Optavia is keep a journal right next to your bed. I call it the dump journal right before you go to bed, write down everything that's in your brain, all the things, right? What you forgot for the day, what you need to do tomorrow. What's just what's on your mind, get it out of your brain and onto paper. And then the next morning that journal's there. So you don't worry when you fall asleep that you're not going to remember something. All of it is right there in that journal and you can grab it and, you know, head downstairs or wherever the next morning and get to that list. So the biggest thing is going to be creating the habits so that they become second nature. And once you do this for a few weeks, it's going to be a habit, right? And it will be easier and easier. And you're going to find so much more joy when you actually are happy and you've gotten the sleep that you need. And as far as including your kids on this, obviously kids have different um, amounts of sleep that they need. So depending on your children's ages, um, it may be a little bit more than the eight hours, might be nine, might be 10. Do the same thing with them. Count backwards from when they need to be up, create a decent bedtime for them and spend time going over with them that twilight hour for them too, so that they're going to get good rest. It will make everybody's life so much better. Everybody in your family's life so much better. Okay. And then the last one that we're going to talk about is a healthy mindset. And as you guys know, this topic is very big, right? Healthy mindset. And we spend a lot of time working on our mindset and especially with this program. So I want you to just break down just one particular piece of the healthy mindset, which is who is in control of you? Who is actually in control of what you do, how you respond, all the decisions that you make in the day. It's you, right? So we're gonna talk about a couple of things um, as far as family life goes that might affect um, or maybe it changes your thought process with who is in control. So, and I've been coaching for seven years. I've had lots of clients over the years that have you know, had some great examples of these, these things, but I'm gonna talk about just two of them tonight. The first one is your husband brings home pizza, okay? He stops and grabs pizza, even though you already had a lean and green plan for tonight and you're kind of angry, but you're like, what are you doing? Right. And he gets home and then you've got a decision to make, right? Either you're going to eat the pizza or you're not going to eat the pizza, right? Who gets to decide that? Yeah, you do. You are in complete control, right? And if you want something enough, you will make it happen. Okay, and let's look at this one. So you're in charge of taking two dozen cookies to the school for your daughter's bake sale. This just happened two weeks ago. We had our fall festival at the elementary school, right? We were raising funds. We did a big bake sale and I was in charge of bringing, actually it was four dozen, four dozen cookies to sell at the bake sale. So this is when your coach <laughs> comes in handy, right? You make a decision before the day even comes, right? You set yourself up for success. And the cool thing is that you contact your coach, you can. Um, and you say, Hey, I've got something coming up. I'm a little bit nervous, but I, I have a plan. 
right? I'm going to make these four dozen cookies. I'm going to make it the day of the event so that they're not sitting at my house. I'm only making the four dozen or four dozen plus four if you're at my house and you give your kids each one cookie. The four dozen cookies are made that day and they're off to the bake sale, right? And I always throw in a piece of mint gum. That just helps. That's just a habit that I created seven years ago and it works wonders, mint gum, okay? So then after you're successful, the bake sale's over, you get to celebrate and call your coach and say, hey, guess what? I did amazing. I stuck to my plan. I stuck to my goals and I feel so empowered. I'm in control of these decisions. I get to decide, right? What decision I'm going to make. What happens is over time, seven years later, for instance, for me, and you know, wherever you are along your journey, your habits will lead to mindset resiliency. So the next time, let me read that again. Your habits lead to mindset resiliency. So next time when it's time to bake something for the bake sale, you already know you've been successful in that exact environment, right? You've already won that battle. And now it's just resiliency because you created the habit. You're a healthy person, right? So take back your control and remember that you're always in charge of any decision that you make, right? Create the identity you want. You're a healthy person. You're making healthy choices because you want to be your best self. And those habits are going to change everything for you. Okay, next I'm going to turn it over to Q Capri. She's going to share her story with you, with us um, tonight. Capri, go ahead and take it away. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you guys, I am so excited to be the coach that gets to share with you guys here on this topic, especially because this is so near and dear to my heart. This purpose right here that they're talking about of um, doing it as a family, this is 100% the entire reason that I became a client and a coach simultaneously. Um, <clears throat> my journey with this program started when we had a, like a, a big trauma happen with our family and it really affected us in all the ways a lot like traumas do. They, they kind of trickle into all areas of our life in a really big way. Um, but we were struggling physically and emotionally and mentally and financially, definitely. And we were struggling with these, just the stresses of life. We were having to sell our home ourselves. We were having to, um, we were having to, um, sell all the possessions inside of our home. We were having to displace our son from his comfort, from the school that he knew and move in with our parents. And it was all just very stressful. And as you can see from the, the three paneled picture, um, there is a lot that happened to me with a lot of these different things that happened. And I have a lot of different backgrounds with health. Um, but one thing that I knew as we really struggled with these, with these things was that one, that doing it the way that I did when I was a teenager was not going to work for me. I couldn't go back to that. Um, doing it the way that I had been doing it was going to always keep me on a yo-yo and I was never going to be mentally healthy and always have disordered patterns. And <clears throat> as you can see in that last one, that this really did help get me healthy. But the biggest thing and the biggest motivator was that I knew that I didn't want my son to struggle the same way that I did up and down. So making sure to stay focused on myself first. That's the number one thing that I can get across to all of you tonight. It's that the health that perpetuates into your family will always start with someone and it generally has to start with you. So this program really helped me to start with me. 
it helped me to focus on me physically, mentally, financially, emotionally. I was able to um, really improve myself physically. As you can see, not only did 20 pounds come off, which was fantastic, but my energy was through the roof for the very first time in my adult life. And my hormone health was healthy for the very first time. But even more is that I started to see a trickle effect. I started seeing my, my family get healthier with me as we introduced things slowly. And as I, I stuck to this healthy lifestyle and, um, I started seeing my, my husband enjoying his time with us more and my son wanting to take responsibility for things. And I'm so grateful. I'm so very grateful for this program, for the healthy body that it gave to me. Um, and even more for the healthy mindset, the, what it taught me about my mind was to abandon all or nothing. It's just so vitally important that there is success to be found in every single failure that you can find something amazing to learn from every failure. And when you can focus on that, that also is going to perpetuate downward into your family and into the people that you love because you get to help them find the positivity in everything that you're doing. Um, and then becoming a coach, becoming a coach, is something I did, like I said, simultaneously when I signed up for the program. And it was a hundred percent because I wanted to be all in to being accountable to myself. Um, I knew that if I help other people, that there was no way that I was going to go all the way back to the days where I was struggling with anorexia or binge eating, I was going to have to be the example. And that was just the fuel to the fire. My son was an amazing reason to, to do this, but even more having many people that I've helped through this and getting to watch how it changes their lives and how it changes the way that they interact with their families and even more guys. I mean, happy wife, happy life, right? I see that all the time with my clients as the, as the mom gets healthy, they talk all the time about how everyone else gets healthy in their home. And so one thing that I just really hope stays with you from, from my coaching experience, is that as I have watched people get healthy, it has only reaffirmed how much I love this and how much I am grateful for these healthy habits that really get ingrained in you in the most important way. And that um, if you start with yourself, if you want everything to get healthy inside of your home um, in every way, if you start with yourself and you work little by little and find successes and all of the failure with this program, there's no stopping you. It's gonna happen for you. It's just a matter of time. Awesome. Capri. I love that. I love your story. Okay. Some of you came to this call to learn a little bit more about coaching. So we're going to end our call with some basics of what it could look like to pay it forward. Like Capri mentioned to others. So stick around. If you're curious about any of these things, how to be 500% more likely to reach and maintain your healthy weight. Um, how much money do coaches make? Maybe you're curious about that. And what about other info that you might need to know about helping other people in your world, your family and friends get healthy? Okay, if you'd like to stay on, fantastic. Otherwise, thank you for joining the Healthy Together time tonight and we will see you all next week.